0: Welcome to Pop Psych 101,
1: where we, licensed therapist Ryan Engelstad
0: and licensed psychologist Dr. Haley Roberts,
1: break down and analyze how mental health is represented in movies, shows, books, and across the pop culture and social media landscape.
0: We will determine what lines up with real life and what is just pop culture fantasy.
1: This is Pop Psych 101. Welcome back to Pop Psych 101. I am licensed therapist Ryan Ingolstadt. Here, as always, with my co-host, Dr. Haley Roberts. Hello. Hello, Haley. I hope you are ready to travel back in time because we are going back to high school.
0: Yay. Oh, well, sure. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, it, w- whether we like it or not, we're gonna we're gonna have lots of mixed feelings about it. We are talking about the Netflix comedy today, Senior Year, which uh, stars Rebel Wilson, and we'll talk all about the very interesting scenario that she finds herself. But obviously, it's about a girl who's in a coma for 20 years and then wakes up and has to go back to high school. So naturally, there's lots of great early 2000s uh, yeah. references in this movie. And it, it made me think about, you know, comedies in general, because we haven't talked about a lot of comedy movies. So, you know, I think it's, it's an exciting kind of change of pace for us. But it made me think about, I don't actually watch that many comedies anymore. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know if you do if you sort of like intentionally seek out, um, you know, more lighthearted fare. But it made me realize that I probably haven't watched strict comedies with that kind of regularity, maybe since I was in high school in the early 2000s. I don't know. What about you?
0: I mean, I've definitely watched comedies since then. But I do agree that comedies aren't really being made in the same fashion and or at the same rate that they were 2005 to 2012 (laughs) which is a bummer because i think the world is sad and angry a lot lately and we probably just need a little bit more silliness in our lives
1: we totally do you know i was thinking about you know this movie is sort of set in that 2001 2002 um, Mm -hmm. at least the, the sort of original high school era and i was like yeah like I remember watching comedies like in high school and I went Mm -hmm. back and looked at like 2002 popular comedies. And yeah, it's like Mr. Deeds, like Adam Sandler was on a great run. Mm -hmm. You know, the sort of spiritual... Um, originator of this type of movie. There's the new guy. So there's uh, Van Wilder. So these Mm -hmm. sorts of like teen comedies with, you know, weird scenarios. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some great animated comedies. There's action comedies, Men in Black too. Yeah. And it just feels like there was more fun, funny, light stuff back then. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm a little bit younger than you. So those ones were slightly before me. But I... My three favorite movies my senior year in high school were Hot Rod, Accepted with Justin sure. Long, which is a horribly underrated movie. That movie uh, is just that. so yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. And Easy A. Those were my three favorite movies mm-hmm. senior year in high school. Yeah, but it was great. also around about the time that like Super Bad came out. Mm-hmm. And Well, this was when I was in middle school, I think, but like Napoleon Dynamite came out and was super wild. So, yeah, I definitely think that they were – and maybe we were the right age, but, you know, comedies were definitely the central go-to movie. Um, And again, it might be an age thing. Like maybe you and I are just missing out on the comedies now, but who knows?
1: I mean, as a person that does a pop culture podcast, I feel like it's my job to know what comedies are out in the world. I do still try to go to the movies every now and then. And I just, you know, and, and look, we're, watching, we're talking about senior year today, and that's on Netflix, like that didn't get a wide release. Uh-huh. Whereas I think this kind of movie, you know, and look, we can talk of it, some of it up to um, to COVID. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I think this is a movie that five years ago 10 years ago would have gotten a wide release in uh in theaters probably
0: you're probably right and I like think it's true the reason we ended up picking senior year was I said to you I was like Ryan we have to do a comedy like I we've done so much heavy stuff <laughs> or animated movies too many like, sad like, things we just do a comedy and you were like oh senior year's out and we we're like great let's watch it so yeah I think you're right I think it kind of seems like it's taken a different direction. We need to get back to that that's the whole thing though
1: (laughs) well yeah the other funny thing is that so uh i was one of the recent comedies i can think of that just came out was jackass i think is it's the fourth one Mm -hmm. and 20 years ago in 2022 2002 was the first jackass the movie so some things are still around which i don't know if that's good or not
0: around yeah yeah i watched jackass when i was in high school and I remember mm-hmm. being like, okay, yeah, I get why this is funny. And then pretty promptly growing out of it and being like, this is not for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's for a specific audience. And I think, you know, we'll probably talk a little bit more about the you know senior year and how that's maybe for an audience and, and how we're just trying to, to find light stuff to distract us from all the heavy stuff going on. So it's okay to want that. And I I support it and I'm here for it. And uh, maybe we should just get into it. Yeah. All right. Well, we will come back with senior year right after this break. Hey, everyone. Ryan here. No ad this week, but a quick request. We would love to know where you follow us. So if you wouldn't mind taking 10 seconds while you're listening to today's episode, reach out to us on your social media of choice. Say hi. Say what's up. Request an episode topic. We would love to hear from you. And now back to the episode. Pop Psych 101 discusses mental health as it is portrayed in pop culture media. And because of this, we often cover sensitive topics that can be triggering for some listeners.
0: We also delve into the characters and plots of these stories, and therefore, spoilers abound.
1: So please, use your discretion as you listen to the rest of the episode. Senior Year, a comedy on Netflix is about a high school cheerleader played by Rebel Wilson who falls into a coma before her prom. 20 years later, she awakens and wants to return to high school to reclaim her status and become prom queen and that's all you need to know what's it's it's like a really easy sort of plot setup right it's mm-hmm. something that you know even if the the coma thing hasn't been done specifically before like we have seen whether it's like body swap movies or other sort of tropes to like how do we get an old person to have to adjust to mm-hmm. like the all these kids' experience And the the coma is sort of an interesting one. I will say this, Haley, it made me research (laughs) how common is like our long comas that people like wake up from. Uh So I went down a whole like Reddit thread of, you know, people coming out of comas after weeks or years and then decades. I only found like a couple where it was like 20 years. Obviously, that is would be very um, unusual. It's
0: a lot of pressure on the brain
1: yeah exactly right and and you know the body would probably have some issues as well
0: oh certainly yeah
1: but we suspend all of that disbelief as as you have told me like we just kind of have to accept that <laughs> the premise for this movie is silly and i'm on board so let's let's jump into the silliness we have rebel wilson playing a girl who goes back to college uh, excuse me goes back to high school <laughs> as a 37 year old so Immediately we know that there are going to be some Some hijinks going on Yes And I think right off the bat Haley, you know And and I think we should set up How we're going to talk about this Like I'm trying not to take it too seriously I have to say that at the beginning Because (laughs) I feel
0: like we need to give people a heads up That you did not like it
1: (laughs) So yeah well look i mean and and i i don't think i'm the only one i think it's 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 provoked some a, a range of reactions uh, and maybe i didn't like it because i'm like this character's age and it's like oh who would who would do this like come on uh. but i think you know it also felt like it was i don't pandering feels like too much of a criticism but it's like Oh, like, let's do all these specific references to fashion and music and like yeah. weird trends of this certain time in high school. And yeah, was it funny to hear some of those songs and, you know, see some of that? Like, I have to say, like, I went to some of those like dark light bowling alley parties. Uh-huh. I was there. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Yeah. And the, the, they um... hit
1: the nail on the head
0: and the uh soundtrack for this was so totally i loved so many of the songs yes what i think is so funny is what you're calling pandering here was something that you loved about turning red which was like oh all the flashbacks and the things that i remember from that time Mm. (laughs) Um, but i do understand it's different because that moved the whole movie back in time whereas this she took those same things and tried to recreate them in. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yes,
1: yes, yes. Right. The whole, all of Turning Red took place in that specific yeah. time frame. Well, because, I mean, look, it's, you know, Rebel <laughs> Wilson is 37. So uh-huh. it's like very specifically oh, in yeah. my head, like aimed at millennials. Like, hey, remember what high school was like for you? <laughs> And, and I do, I I definitely remember some of the things. Um, But maybe it's like, I don't want to remember. Maybe that's why this movie rose me the wrong way. (laughs) But even just the premise, so I I guess, you know, to talk about her waking up from the coma, right, Mm -hmm. and deciding that she has to go and finish her last couple months of high school, I probably am reacting to her decision this way very much in the same way that all of the now adults around her reacted to her.
0: For five seconds. And I get that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Whether it's her, her friends, Seth and Martha, or her dad, or some of the teachers that we see, it's kind of just like, what are you doing? Are you really doing this? Why? I don't I don't get it. And I, I am those adults and that's that's okay. I can accept that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and also they only did it very for a very short amount of time. Otherwise they were very supportive.
1: Well, right, right. Once once the block gets moving.
0: Yeah. I think I mean actually like the dad never questions it and Seth never questions it. It's only Martha when she's sitting in the car that questions it. But I do think that like we as adults would question it. We would say, like, I understand the loss of that, but also like you're unfortunately not 17 anymore and then kind of work i guess let me start over from like a therapist's point of view i feel like i would kind of talk to them about what she needs and what's important to her about that and then also being like and the matter of the fact is that you are not 17 anymore so if you want to go back and be 17 again you can't right But what is interesting is that she doesn't try to be 17 exactly because she hangs out with Seth and Martha. And she, whenever you see her at school, if she's not immediately talking to those, those cheerleaders, she's actually hanging out with the adults who are her friends. And she's not like, to me, it doesn't feel like she's necessarily trying to be 17 she's just trying to be cool and the only way she remembers it is how it was when she was 17 which i thought was kind of a like they kind of handled that difference really casually which i thought was really good because i was like oh this is gonna be one of those ones where she like you know tries to befriend the youths (laughs) and she like doesn't really do that she does spend time with people at the school, but that's because that's where she is. But she's not like, other than the, the after party prom, like she's never hanging out with them, which I thought was like a very gentle, but clever line to draw.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's I think you make a good point in that she's not trying to be 17. She's trying to be herself in wanting that specific objective, right? Um, like you talked mm-hmm. about if you were a therapist, it's like, okay, well, what do you want? What are you trying to accomplish or what's the goal and trying to go back to high school? And you mm-hmm. know, whether she would say it's like, well, I'm trying to get that perfect life was right. was like mm-hmm. sort of an initial theme um, for her. It's like, well, my perfect mm-hmm. life is this house with this guy doing this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And beyond that, it, it, it wasn't really, colored out beyond that it was just like this mm-hmm. is what my perfect life is supposed to be mm-hmm. and i think yeah. similar to you you know it's well is the, is going back to high school the only way you can achieve that i think is sort of where i went in my head you know whether i was putting myself in her dad's shoes or or even her friend's shoes you know if because if, her friend is is the school principal now and i found mm-hmm. myself either as like a principal or as a, you know, a sort of guidance counselor mindset of like, there are other th- ways that you can get whatever life you think you are, are supposed to be getting. But that's not really what she wants. What she wants is what she wanted as a 17-year-old, you know, which for her was yesterday, right? Yesterday, as we, she kind yeah. of repeats frequently, you know, throughout those initial yeah. scenes.
0: Well, and that's very, very much what I was going to say, which is... She's never had time to think of any other option for a perfect life, right? So I'm guessing if you and I looked back on high school and um, I pause because I'm like, actually, what I wanted in high school is very similar to what I want now. But what I was going to say was like, if you go back to high school and think like, what did you think was going to be the perfect life? would that have been the perfect life for you if you were to decide today or five years ago or whatever? And chances are no, but that's because you've grown, right? You've gone through experiences that have affected you and changed you and changed your opinions. Whereas she has not, right? She, there was never any moment for growth. And so for her, the perfect life was very concrete as teenagers and children are are very concrete. So for her, it was that specific house, that specific husband, that specific title, right? Prom queen, those things were very specific for her and very concrete for her. And so when she wakes up and they, she still has this need to keep her promise to her mom to have a perfect life. She, the only thing she knows are these things. And so The only way to do, I mean, the only way to get prom queen is either to go to an adult prom, which they do exist, look up in your local bar, or (laughs) go back to high school to get nominated prom queen. Like those are kind of the only two ways to get that specific dream if that's the dream you have. But nobody ever kind of walks her through like, maybe your perfect life looks different now. But that's also really hard to let go of.
1: Totally. And and I, you know, I think for me, you know, and, and again, just sort stating up front here, I know that I overanalyze and I try to sort of look for the reality and different things and sort of what can we pull away from this stuff. But I do think it's interesting in the sense of like clearly, she's fixated, right? I have to be mm-hmm. prom queen. I have to be yeah. the most popular girl. I have to be a cheerleader again, right? So when we talk about fixations in in psychology or mental health and therapy, it's usually in a negative context in the in the sense of like uh, someone not being able to let go of something, you know, sort of despite consequences or despite
0: circumstances.
1: Circumstances, yes, exactly. Which
0: is the big one here, yeah.
1: For sure. And I think naturally, you know, people around and I know we said, you know, the, the adults in her life don't really call her out much beyond those initial scenes. But we can mm-hmm. imagine in a, in a real life scenario that that's exactly what would happen. It's like, hey, I, I, I know you want to go back to high school, but, you know, let's try community college first or but let's try online classes first, which, which, which Martha does try to do. But I think people so much want her to be happy, want her to be fulfilled, right? I think they have a lot of empathy for her which is great mm-hmm. and in so like are are supporting the goals that she's establishing for herself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also think after somebody's been through a horrific experience and lost a lot, the people who care for them are usually pretty lenient with them. Patient,
1: and, yeah, yeah.
0: And patient as well, right? So Like, truthfully, if I had a patient who, like, I sat down with and they were like, all I want to do is finish high school in a brick and mortar high school with high school students, I'd be like, I mean, sure. (laughs) Like, it can't (laughs) hurt, right? As long as, like, you know, appropriate relationships are maintained. Sure. Yeah. Like, who cares? (laughs) But obviously, Stephanie, it's way different. And. The way they try to kind of like couch that in the movie is by saying like her brain is like a 17 year old brain. And I'm like, um, well, is it like, is that how it works? And I don't know. I will say I don't know too much about brain development during comas, but I'm sure there would be brain damage. So I'm sure that there would be some kind of like delay, but also your brain doesn't I don't think your brain's stops developing i mean maybe it does so i don't know like would she have a mature brain now or would she not like that definitely plays a role it's just yeah it's interesting it's intriguing
1: well yeah so so my understanding from the little bit of research that i did is that uh it would keep growing in the same way that her body keeps growing in a way that you know she's has to adapt to but you know we think about what didn't happen for her in terms of interpersonal interactions, social interactions, uh, environmental experiences, yeah. didn't happen for to her during those 20 years. Yeah. That sort of experience that would have, you know, informed the ways in which her brain developed yeah. and adapted to and learned, right? So th- that's mm-hmm. what she didn't have. And it was interesting, you know, again, trying to trying to come up with some like, okay, what, what could be going on for Stephanie that would explain this, like, what to me just felt like bizarre, so bizarre behavior. <laughs> Very bizarre. So I was, I was like, oh, you know, like post-coma, post, you know, looking, and and the one thing that came up, which I'd never heard of, but I thought it was really interesting in, in terms of, you know, this conversation that we're having is this sort of, I guess, relatively recently identified diagnosis, which is post-coma paraschizophrenia. Okay. And and the other other diagnosis was um, it's almost like post ICU trauma. So like for people who have been, you know, hospitalized for a really long time or in Stephanie's case, in a coma for a really long time, Mm -hmm. actually, you know, essentially coming out of that environment, you know, with uh, some things that might resemble psychosis. Mm. Yeah. And and the interesting thing is that. You know, it's, it might be psychosis as experienced by other people. So for her, you know, she feels like, I, I don't know what you're talking about, like, I feel fine. But meanwhile, you know, especially in this sort of hospital scene right afterwards, you know, she's telling them, like, I'm a high school student. And anyone looking at her might think, uh-huh. oh, you're hallucinating, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. That sort of thing. So that's that's part of the problem is that the perception of of experience is going to be so different internally versus externally.
0: Yeah. So is this absolutely. what someone
1: might identify as schizophrenia or psychosis, or is this just our inability to understand that person's internal experience?
0: Yeah, which is exactly why Monday morning quarterbacking. People's mental health, real people's mental health with very little context is so problematic. And, you know, we see it a lot in the news and on TikTok and all of those things. And it's like, you don't know, like, you don't know their context, right? If you were just to come across Stephanie and she's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm a high school student who wants to be prom queen, you'd be like, oh, wow, there's something severely wrong with her. However, there's actually, I mean, there, obviously, there's a lot for her to get treatment for, but it's not the things that would be the first thing that came to your mind, right? It would be basically having to learn that life has moved on, even though she hasn't. And, and the loss and the grief of that, that would be the work, not like you're, you're having delusions or hallucinations.
1: Right. If you ask Stephanie... Stephanie, like, are you okay? Do you want to go see a therapist? She'd probably say, what are you talking about? Like, I'm great. You know, like she frequently talks about how hot she is and how she's gonna be the most popular girl in school and all these sorts of things. So as far as she's concerned, she's living her best life in a very literal way. Like she's so excited to be alive and having this opportunity. But for her internally, there are no signs of, of things being out of the ordinary right Mm -hmm. the fact that she was accepted into the school situation she did make friends she was able to in some ways like fit in like nothing in her environment is telling her that there's anything wrong and so then who is it for me or, or for anyone else to tell her like you know stephanie like this is like you got some issues going on
0: yeah well so to be fair like I really appreciate how much you're suspending disbelief in this moment because yes, that's how Stephanie would handle it. I don't think ninety nine out of hundred people would handle waking up out of a twenty year coma like that. Like I think they right. would go to right. high school we agree. <laughs> isolation of being the only adult there would be awful. Like I think Oh my think- god, it's terrifying. Like, I remember when I was in undergrad and there were like people who were generally older than the average age of, of undergrad students. I remember frequently being like, I'm gonna go sit next to them because they always were sitting kind of like off to the side, quietly by themselves and not really like engaging. And I was always like, ugh, like, no, you're also here to learn. Like, you can have friends here too. And, and I always remember like how brave it is to go back to college when you're older. But I also thought like how. Isolating, right? Which I think is truly what Stephanie would have felt in this moment is because I think no matter how kind people were to her, like I still think she would have been like infinitely aware that she was not chair captain popular like she was in high school. Sure. It's just it's especially like there's nothing teenagers hate more than adults trying to be cool. (laughs) Like there's, there's absolutely nothing that they hate more than that. So even if she got some sympathy, like it would not, it would not work. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And I think it's also, it's also funny because, you know, I'm thinking about some of my own experiences and like going back to school. Uh, so after I graduated undergrad, you know, you're an alumni, and it's like kind of cool to be back on campus. It's kind of, oh, hey, you just graduated, like, come and tell us what you're doing for work now. Like a couple of years after graduating, I would go back and visit the psychology club and, you know, tell mm-hmm. them about grad school or tell them about, you know, early career stuff. And I did that for a couple of years and then haven't done it in a long time and then mm-hmm. just happened to go back on campus like i visited the the town the campus is in and they look so much younger than the last time i was there i don't <laughs> know so, what happened
0: like I, that's but now so they
1: look like children
0: <laughs> yeah what i also think is funny is you kind of said like oh there's something off-putting about this movie to you where i didn't have that reaction to it but i have never gone back to my high school nor my college ever
1: oh interesting so i've done the i've done both fairly regularly so
0: to which is interesting right like for Mm -hmm. you this kind of concept of being an adult returning you were like oh no i've worked in a lot of schools just not my own but my best friend from high school was teaching at our high school for a while and i went through like a side door and like sat in her classroom for a day. And then I left through this, that side door. So technically I've been to my high school, but not really. Like I didn't like walk through the halls. I went into like one classroom that I didn't even have classes in when I was there. Um, but it's interesting to me that like for somebody, you who's gone back and seen your high school and been physically in it, this, just like the whole concept of going back is like, oh, my gosh, no. And then for me who hasn't done it, I'm like, I mean, sure, whatever. <laughs> just super interesting.
1: Yeah. And And right. So it's this idea of and I think, you know, experiencing Stephanie's just like sense of confidence about herself. Uh-huh she immediately starts adapting to these like present day, really Gen Z norms, right? Uh, having a uh-huh. cell phone, having social media, figuring out the sort of social hierarchy and how to be popular, how to be liked, or even does popularity matter now? Cause I thought that was one of the really interesting dynamics that they portrayed. I don't know how accurate this is cause I'm not in high school today, but they definitely portrayed it as like, Oh, like, like, you know, because of that, what the part I thought was, was really funny was like the long lunch tables, like there is no uh-huh. hierarchy of there's a cool table, there's the nerdy table, mm-hmm. there's the band kids. I hope it's like that. that does That does seem kind of nice.
0: I mean, <laughs> like, I think. No, Haley, think are you telling a- me
1: that high schools still have popularity <laughs> hierarchy structures?
0: Yes. Like, I think that that's like a no, really sweet idea. Yeah. And we've and we've definitely done things to try to like, minimize that. But like, people still know who the popular kids are and where they sit at lunch. And yeah. So I think, well, what I kind of thought was interesting was with Martha being the school principal and the changes Mm -hmm. that she was making were the changes that she really wanted when she was in high school. When she
1: was in school. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm.
0: And I thought that that was a very interesting parallel to the choices that Tiffany was making for Brie because of everything that Tiffany wanted in high school, right? She was so, so Martha was trying to relive it by creating that structure as the principal. Tiffany was trying to recreate that structure by living it through her daughter. And Stephanie was trying to recreate it by living through it herself. I thought that was a very mm. interesting parallel of all three of these yeah. people really being formed and, and, Kind of stuck a little bit in their high school experience in different ways, um, and I well found it goes even further, you know.
1: Stephanie's best friend Seth was the school librarian, right? Uh huh. So all the different ways that the different characters sort of either stayed in that sort of trajectory that they might have been, uh-huh. or like found ways to relive it or continue living it. We um, yeah. see Blaine, right? Stephanie's boyfriend and, and crushed from high school, sort of like starting to notice her. And then, you know, obviously they have a weird hookup thing and it's all very weird. It's probably just the best way for it to, to describe it. But he also like misses high school. It's very clear. Like he, you know, is yeah. is doing all sorts of things that are, uh, I don't know how to talk about him without like saying how terrible of a person it seems like he is, but <laughs> But yeah, so you have all these different characters that are trying to sort of reclaim that. And I think you you mentioned the word grief before that, you know, in some ways, all of these characters are grieving something from their mm-hmm. youth, whether it's Stephanie in a very literal sense, like I didn't get to have that experience or some of the other characters in grieving the experiences that they did have maybe following their senior year and sort of wanting to. You know, account or make up for yeah. that in some way. I
0: think the the one who's who's moved on the most was actually Seth because he went away and had a really cool job and had a fiance True. and kind of came back and was like, well, this was kind of all there was for me. And Martha got it for me, but he's really stuck when it comes to Stephanie, right? Like he never got to yes. see. He never even really got to see that fall apart, right? Like he never got to see it work out, but he also never got to see it fall apart. Whereas like most of us, if we had a crush on someone in high school, we got to like experience growing apart from them, or we got to experience it going up in flames, or we got to experience dating them and then breaking up or still being together, whatever it is, we got to experience
1: a resolution of some kind. Yeah.
0: Or at least like, yeah, yeah, not closure but resolution i think that's a good word whereas seth didn't and that is like kind of the one place that he's stuck cuz he's the only one that seems really kind of like yeah this is where i am but if i was somewhere else it's fine the other ones really felt like oh no i i need to be doing this like i need to be making my daughter the most popular or i need to be fixing this school things like that which is interesting because we only look at it as like oh stephanie is the one who's stuck where Tiffany clearly is very stuck, but I also, what this made me think of was I had a note about growing up together versus growing up separately and then coming back together. So I have a group Mm, of friends from high school and we were still friends and I like, they're still some of my favorite, favorite people, but then there's other people from high school who I haven't seen since high school, that I'm sure if I saw them again, I would not really know how to interact with them. Because I would be like, Mm. I'm a different person. But like, I only remember you as the last time that we interacted, however, that may have been. And really, truly kind of being like, I don't know, are we friends? Are we not friends? Are we acquaintances? Do we? Let's say there's somebody that I like hated in high school. I'm not the type of person who does like small talk to people that I'm not on good terms with. So I'm like, do I continue that pattern now? Like 15 years later, or do I start? And you like, what do I, how do I handle this? Because there's that, like, we've both hopefully grown as people, but it hasn't been together. It's been completely separately. Of course. And I think we see that a lot in this movie, mm-hmm. which is everybody, when Stephanie comes back, everybody's thrown back into growing up separately. Now, granted, Stephanie didn't get the opportunity to grow grow up during that time, but it like plays a role in like how things feel differently when suddenly you're thrown back in, right? And Tiffany jumps straight into it. Um, you know, she's like, great, I'm back to like being your arch nemesis. She sure does. And I think that's a very real right. like experience of well, what happens when you and somebody who used to be a really important part of your life in some way or another hasn't been around for a very long time, and now suddenly you're back in front of each other's faces? Like how how do you handle that?
1: Yeah, and I guess the one thing that is is almost an argument in Stephanie's decisions' favor, right? Is you know if she didn't go back to high school. Where is she gonna find friends? Like, where is she gonna reinsert herself back into a social structure that that helps and supports her? Because if she didn't go back to high school, you know, sure, she could have called Seth and could have mm-hmm. seen Martha and, and other structures, but but they're at that school. And there is something that's very true, and I'm sure your your people that you've worked with have acknowledged this too. When you're an adult, making and maintaining friendships is a completely different mm-hmm. animal, completely different challenge. And it's almost a credit to the kids of this high school that, you know, sure, even if they're uncomfortable or, or unsure of, like, who is this old person that's uh-huh. going to school with us, they are very accepting and very uh-huh. validating, some of them, of her uh-huh. place there. And in many cases, they're they're eager to, um, like, support the things that she wants to do. She wants to bring back Prom Queen. She wants to, you know, have the cheerleaders do more uh, do I want to say like traditional
0: it's <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think the fact that those social structures exist the way that they do in high school is what helps her eventually get to the, let's say self-realization points that she eventually does later on in the movie. Like if she just went and like tried to get a job, I think that, might have been really hard for her in different ways than going back to high school would have been
0: it's certainly, um I also think going back to high school would have been been much harder than it was for her, <laughs> like she just <laughs> slid right back in there, yeah oh, in this movie, oh um, well, of course of that, course that yeah, conversation that she has with Seth, where she tells him. This is why this matters to me, right? Because he's like, oh, gosh, who cares, right? Also, he's had so much time to yeah, to realize yeah. that it doesn't matter, um, where she hasn't had that, that time. But even in the eyes of a the average high schooler, this means so much more to her. So as an adult who has grown out of thinking that high school things are important – that disparity is even larger, right? So when she was in high school, these things were more important to her than the average high schooler. Now, these things are even more important than her peers, which are adults. And it is nearly impossible to understand why someone would want that. And I think that's why it's really important for us to never assume that our values are other people's values. Because Mm -hmm. like- for us, we're like, why is like, who cares? Like get a therapist, hang out with Seth and Martha, meet their (laughs) friends, get your GED, go to college if you want to get a job, like figure it out, take your time. You've got some traumatic experiences over the past 20 years, but that's what we want for her. And that's why, like I said earlier, like if somebody was like, what I truly want is to graduate high school, with high school students in a high school building and that itself is really important to me, I'd be like, all right, like that, that gets to be important to you. Whether high schools would allow it would be a different story. But I think that that's also a really important thing. And what Seth does really well is he just kind of says like, why, why does this matter to you? Um, And then we learn like, oh, it's not actually about these concrete things. It's about so much more but I, it would not have happened that smoothly for her. Like as someone who's worked with high school students, like they really like me and they will happily like, you know, play a game with me on a field trip or do a puzzle with me in a classroom or something like that. But they, there's no way they would hang out. Also, I would not want to hang out with them, but there's no way they would want to hang out with me or like include me in that way. Particularly if I was trying really hard to like make something happen. So I don't believe that happening for Stephanie because yeah. <laughs> she's trying so hard.
1: Yeah. It's the, the social media p- part is one of the really interesting dynamics because you know that she comes to high school and immediately it's like, Oh, it's not be popular. It's have uh-huh. followers and something about that's very heartbreaking to me where it's like, Oh man, ah, high school must be really hard right now. If that's, The way social status is measured, Mm -hmm. where it's like you have to perform or you have to be opinionated or you have to react to things or you have to have skills that you can show off to people where it's it's not just you can be yourself and you will be accepted and and validated and appreciated for who you are.
0: High school has never been Which I think is sort of.
1: Okay, but but the specific idea of social media and like followers is a specific more yes. recent phenomenon yeah. as it relates to that. I did not have to post things to get attention mm-hmm. in high school. I could just be in band and play tennis and, you know, know that I have a couple pictures in the yearbook for that. And that would be enough for me. And I would be totally content with that.
0: Uh, So I definitely feel like we would need a teenager in this discussion with us to tell us like what being a teenager in high school is like, but with the work that I do with teenagers, yes, like your number of followers and likes is something people pay attention to, but it's not actually status unless you are somebody with thousands and thousands and thousands of followers like Brie Loves, right? And then eventually like Stephanie. um, And that was actually something Mm -hmm. that I noticed or like that I thought about was so at some point, Stephanie gets like tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers, right? And then she's like walking through the school and they're like paying attention. I truly think at that point, she would quote unquote like fit in and that's not really the word, but she would be given more attention and I think more focus at a school because there are plenty of like Mm -hmm. celebrities who are too old for high schoolers who high schoolers would absolutely give all their attention to if they were in their high school. Um, And it's, you know, they're like influencers. So I do think that there is a certain level where, that does matter, and I do think that like oh, they followed me, they didn't follow me, they blocked me, like that stuff matters in, in high school. But I like don't think that it's like oh, she has three hundred and twenty eight followers and you only have two hundred followers, she's cooler than you. Like I don't.
1: No, no, I, I realize it's not yeah. that much in the weeds, probably. Yeah, but I think it's. So I guess for me, it's more like going from not knowing about <laughs> phones and technology and social media to learning that it exists and it is a status symbol which is sort of that's uh-huh. what was she what she we, was
0: yeah
1: let's uh-huh. say fixated on as uh-huh. a 17 year old right so that her attempts to use that to attain that status and it's clear like not all the kids at her high school are doing that you know now when she's going back but as an adult trying to do that. And we see that now with with adults, you know, adults being on TikTok or adults using Facebook. Mm -hmm. It's not that they can't, but it's like there is something about wanting to relate wanting to be a part of that I do think people chase for different reasons.
0: I do love that you said adults using Facebook, because that's one perfect way to illustrate that adults have no idea what's going on. (laughs) because teenagers are not on facebook exactly Um,
1: right right that was that was my point yeah
0: (laughs) yeah no it's so funny well and that's also i remember gosh probably about 10 years ago one of my patients described to me what snapchat was and i was like sure girl like (laughs) snapchat was created for me in mind like because it Uh came out when i was like 22 um and so i was like snapchat was literally created for like early 20 year old females (laughs) like and i was that age at that time so it was just so funny that the way technology is used and viewed both by like because like for instance for me i have no interest in figuring out tiktok zero interest in figuring out TikTok. And one of my patients said to me, well, what do you do with your time?
1: <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> oh, man, that is a crazy question.
0: Uh, I was like, kind of the same thing you do, except I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Like, I'm sure. an old person. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that that's funny. What I do think is really sad is the um, filters that exist. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like messing around with them today and they don't look like you, like you don't look like that in real life. And I think that it, I don't know. I kind of think that that sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel like, we yeah. So can we talk rails, about, but, yeah, go ahead.
1: No, no, it's okay. We're, we're jumping around. I think that's what, you know, this, this is a, a light, silly movie. If there's anything we can jump around with, it's it's, we have to talk about the sort of weird thing that is not really addressed in this movie which is that, you know, Stephanie is a is a, essentially like an a, a, a attempted murder victim.
0: Oh yeah, that's so funny.
1: And it's just never addressed.
0: Oh, that's so funny. Well, I guess it never would be, like unless those two girls came forward and were like, "Tiffany told us to do it." Like it would always just have been considered an accident.
1: Right, and Stephanie doesn't know. Um, Tiffany never says, "Like, hey, by the way, it was it was my fault. You got a traumatic head injury and in a coma for twenty years." Like, also would be super impressed brought back up, which is so crazy.
0: Yeah, that's so funny. Well, it was a secret. Well, except that it was super obvious, right? Because those two girls, like, pushed the guy out of the way. Yeah, you're right. Yes. That's a plot hole. Another plot hole, and it's such a stupid one, but it annoyed me, was Tiffany says to Stephanie, like, you're just mad that you're going to lose prom queen twice. And I'm like, she didn't lose prom queen the last time. Like, That's right. She wasn't (laughs) in the running. She was in a coma, (laughs) which is, like, such a stupid thing. But I was like, no, you didn't. She didn't lose last time. Like, yes, you won, but she didn't lose. <laughs> Do you think that kindness is more popular these days than it was when we were young? Oh,
1: that's a great question. Um, oh, man. So can the, can I, my cynical answer was mm-hmm. performative kindness is more popular.
0: Great. I'll take what it. What I mean
1: by that is <laughs> it's, it's popular to make like especially with social media like pseudo public statements uh expressing concern or compassion for whatever the problem of the day is so that's my cynical answer Mm -hmm. my more hopeful answer is that because of things like social media or because of things like you know the ways in which you know, and, and and that's sort of a high school example is a good thing, is, is a good example of this, where there is a higher degree of consciousness about, let's say, certain social issues. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I do think there are efforts being made to sort of pay attention and do, you know, not just acts of kindness, but to be more aware and to be more intentional about how we respond to things that need our attention. Mm-hmm. So there's a cynical part of me and there's a hopeful part of me that the th- way our gosh, our, our society is structured can provide opportunities for lots of good kind things to happen, but it can also just be sort of empty words or empty filters or empty frames yeah. on your picture and in Instagram.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I also think we have a lot of examples of a lot of unkindness happening with young people as well, but I do Definitely. feel like yeah. they're, Is a lot like Brie, who also takes like a real left turn character wise, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. she is talking about like the environment and being inclusive and things like that. And I remember, I mean, feminism was one when I was in high school, but other than that, like there wasn't too much discussion about like social movement or like thinking of other people or things like that. And I feel like with it in the kind of like you were saying, like in the landscape, like in part of the discussion, I think it allows more opportunity for people to be more thoughtful and kind. I don't know. I maybe I'm just being hopeful. I just, I just want kind children to exist.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. And, and right. Even if the, uh, like the reasons for Brie love to, you know, express concern or, or take action on things like the environment is just because her followers like that kind of stuff or not, you know, sometimes (laughs) the reason things are popular is not always, uh, something we're happy about, but if it leads to, to good actions and it leads to good outcomes, it's, you know, it's hard to complain about it too much.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like, if you're encouraging people to be kind, mm-hmm. good. Like, I'm so glad. Yeah. 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 I'll take it. One thing that I did really love, and I use love very lightly, <laughs> is how fashion and trends, it like showed how fashion and trends cycle because a lot of the like words and outfits that Stephanie was wearing and, and using absolutely are making a comeback (laughs) like like yeah isn't that funny yeah at no point did you look at her and be like oh gosh she is sticks out like a sore thumb in that outfit it's like oh yeah no she sticks out because she's an adult not because she's wearing that
1: which is so well, funny. right, and it's and you know that first day where she goes back to school and she puts on the an outfit and she has her backpack and she carries the big thing of keychains. Uh-huh. I swear to you, I looked at my daughter's backpack and it's like, when did my daughter get all the keychains on her backpack? Like, is that, how long has that been a thing?
0: Uh huh. Yeah.
1: Because she she just has it. It's like a big jangly thing hanging off her zipper, and I'm like. Uh-huh did that just get absorbed? Is that just like a naturally... Is that just a thing that happened? Like nobody talked about it, but it's a cool thing to do again is just like have a big jangly thing with you at all times.
0: And those like layered crop tops are totally coming back. And I mean, Gen Z, let me tell you, this is a really bad idea, but low rise jeans are coming back, which is just don't do it. Like take it from somebody who lived through that. It's not a good idea. But yeah, like... That's what I think is so funny is these fashion and trends cycle. And so – and also what I really love about Gen Z is that fashion does not have structure. Like when when I was that age and in college, there were very clear – outfit structures that were fashionable right like there's the joke about Han Solo season where you see like Mm -hmm. girls wearing puffy jackets and high boots like there were very specific kind of algorithms that doesn't super exist anymore for Gen Z like it's kind of like how funky do you want to look and then wear that
1: way more amorphous like anything can go together if it yeah.
0: yeah yeah you just have to kind of wear it with confidence yeah totally And it can be anything from like stuff that I would have worn to stuff that like nobody would ever wear. And both those things, as long as you like wear it with intention go. And I think that's so cool.
1: Yeah. Like thrifting and all these things, uh, you know, repurposing, you know, people making their own stuff. Yeah. It's very, very eclectic. I do like that as well.
0: Yeah. Which is fun. I'm hopeful for this generation. Yeah.
1: It's so funny. (laughs) So, so yeah so i have to i have to share this with the audience because it's it's just a weird coincidence and might also speak to why i'm reacting so oddly to this movie um i am this summer going to my 20 year high school reunion Mm -hmm. so you know i would say the majority of people from high school you know it's it's and of course i talked about adults on facebook but like that's where i know the most about what my high school year friends are up to now is just sort of like seeing facebook updates Uh um, or seeing instagram updates or seeing things like that and i just find myself like as soon as i got the invitation like it wasn't even a question i i was absolutely going to go and i am going to go because i'm so so intensely curious about sort of exactly the dynamic that you said which is like i am i know a different person from when i was 17 Mm -hmm. but i am so fascinated by the sort of social experience of like am i just going to revert to that 17 year old version of myself because i'm around all those people i don't know but i I want to find out uh, you know if any of my fellow high schoolers are listening to this you know don't let me sit in the corner and just (laughs) you know watch for all three hours like Uh, i promise i'm going to try to talk to people even if i haven't spoken to you in 20 years we'll see how it goes though i'll I'll give i'll give a report in a couple of months well
0: and you know what i also think And it's very well illustrated in this movie is Seth and Martha have gotten to a place where they're like comfortable with who they are. And so... Very much so. So they, when they are back in this place, they're not uncomfortable in this place. They're not like, I mean, I did just say that they're like fighting for something, but I think Martha is not necessarily fighting for herself. She's fighting, hoping that they will not have the experience that she had. Whereas like Tiffany and Blaine, it really feels like they're trying to recreate it. And to me, that almost feels like a huge difference, which is like how confident does one feel in themselves, even in this environment enough that like, oh, the context isn't going to be the largest role. But that being said, high school is weird. Like it's such a horrible time. And like in so many different ways, like I think it's a lot of fun in a lot of ways, but also like it's just a hard time in a person's life. And then the social structure is hard that I do think that it's not easy to just like remember that you are a different person. Now I think that's probably super hard. That being said, I've never gone back to any kind of reunion of any kind, so I can't speak to it. I can't give any advice.
1: (laughs) That's okay. Um, I'm going in with an open mind and a determined intention to just chat with people, see what people yeah. are up to, and Exciting. hopefully that's uh, not yeah. not too awkward for anyone. You
0: should watch <laughs> uh, Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion before you go because that's a good way to feel confidence. oh my gosh, there's before. there's a
1: movie from what feels like twenty <laughs> years ago. Yeah, Again, for sure, a great one,
0: <laughs> so funny. Okay, Ryan. So the question is, on a scale from zero to five. TI 89 calculators used as a cell phone decoy. Oh, nice. Which made me laugh so hard. How accurate do you feel like this movie portrayed mental health?
1: Okay. As you said, I tried really hard to kind of give it a grounding, even though it is very silly. So I just want to acknowledge the silliness. And Mm -hmm. it's okay that it's not trying to represent, honestly, anything in the mental health realm. Mm-mm. Because it is a, a nice, like light, fun, and you said it before we start recording. It's it's doing everything it's trying to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it is not trying to tell a story about the mental health impacts of being in a coma for twenty years.
0: <laughs> no, it is not.
1: And and so, it does not achieve that. No, it does not. (laughs) (laughs) I am happy to report that on a mental health accuracy scale, it's like a 1.5. No, it's
0: just a 1. There's no 0.5 It's just a (laughs) 1, a
1: 0. I don't know. I tried to give it some (laughs) of the like you I know, emotional one. weight that they tried yeah. to hit. Yeah, that's fair. so
0: funny. <laughs> you can give it a 1.5. But I'm being <laughs> like, you're being really generous as you always are. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I want to because, you know, as we've been talking about it, obviously, I'm recognizing more and more, like the weird transference that I have with this movie, and why I reacted so strongly to it. So I'm just trying to give it some credit in, uh-huh. you know, offering something that we can take away. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be heavy, it can just be like a fun thing to think about. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, I, I appreciate it for what it is. So all of that being said, Haley. Mm -hmm. So let's say on a scale of one to five, you know, lake house after prom parties, (laughs) which Uh feels feels on point. We didn't have any lake house parties, but there were certainly some beach parties after after prom when I was in high school. Um, How entertaining did you find senior year?
0: So I found senior year a 4.8 entertaining. (laughs) However, it actually loses points and goes down to like a 4.2 for me because the scene with Alicia Silverstone kind of sent this narrative that like college is the only right choice. And I hate that narrative because that's a bad narrative. Like college is the right choice for some people. So that actually really like I want that to be a deleted scene <laughs> um, because other than nice. that scene, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, I love this movie. And I think because what you kind of said and what I said to you before, which is it did everything it was supposed to do. It was not meant to be anything other than like a stupid movie. Like, and it was so, (laughs) it was just silly the whole time. And I loved that. And at one point you were kind of saying, like, I feel like they went extreme with the cheerleaders being so conscientious. And I was like, Ryan you realize that this is a comedy, right? Like it's supposed to be extreme.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: (laughs) And what I thought was really funny was you sent me a note earlier today and you said something about like, oh, this movie was really bad or something like that. And I went, I loved it. And you just went, Haley, no. (laughs) (laughs) But I truly like I... I've gotten caught up with comedies a lot where I like kind of go in forgetting that it's a comedy, like forgetting that it's supposed to be stupid. And then I am kind of bummed. And I think that that's kind of, you know, to break the fourth wall here. Like, I think that's something that kind of sucks about doing this podcast is the way that we watch movies that we're going to cover or the way that we watch TV shows that we're going to cover is way different than the way that we watch movies. If we're not going to cover them. And I went into this movie being like, you know what? I'm just going to watch it and see if I like it. And then I'll like figure out what I think um, about the mental health stuff. And I'm really glad that I did that because like you said, it didn't come in with a mental health narrative at all. And I think it can get really frustrating to be like, well, this is wrong. And this is wrong. And this is wrong. And they're not doing this. And she would be way more upset. And because I found myself at the beginning being like, oh, no, like she would be struggling so much more. And then I was like, "Oh, whatever, like, it's just supposed to be stupid. Um, And then I ended up really enjoying it. And I think that that kind of reset like that's actually something like there's some shows that I know that we're going to cover them and so I will go and I will watch them before we decide to cover them so that I can enjoy them and then I go back and I rewatch <laughs> them with a different eye yeah because I do think that plays a huge role and and also I just like first of all I think Justin Hartley is one of the funniest actors and he just gets a lot of like dramatic roles like in this is us and things like that but i think he is so funny um, and i felt that in this movie as well and the cast was just good and uh, it was just silly i liked it a lot
1: <laughs> well yeah no so you, you make a great point and look there's something to be said for escapism right and suspending mm-hmm. disbelief mm-hmm. and and i think if anything i take away anything from this conversation it's uh, we need more of that yeah. I, I i would love for us to get more comedies I, you know we opened the show by talking about the things we watched and like i want more goofy adam sandler stuff you know mm-hmm. and i know some of these people are now like even older <laughs> but it's like <laughs> those type of movies i was absolutely able to suspend disbelief that adam sandler was somehow like an adoptive father like
0: uh-huh. oh, such a good movie
1: and that's and like i i watched all the austin powers movies and it's like yeah that silliness is really important. And the fact that we are not, at least not that I'm seeing, and I I, listen, I would love for us to get more comedy recommendations because I would love to like try to make this a little bit of a lighter show. Sometimes Uh I'm totally open to that. I think that'd be really fun and I am happy to, to do it. I think that's, you know, part of why I'm so eager to do Disney movies because it feels like that, that lightness, but, but even Uh that we've, we've sort of, framed a lot of that with a a dramatic eye so i'm here for it um i'm just hoping that you know we get more comedies that do want to say something about mental health because that'd be really fun too
0: yeah it would be interesting to see how they do it because i think the the thing that is what makes comedies funny right is either being very subtle or being very extreme and i think this one went very extreme and that's why it was funny and And it's hard to – if you're going to do stuff on mental health in a comedy, you're going to have to kind of take it to the extreme. And then you and I are going to sit here being like, this was a horrible representation. Like, I wish this narrative (laughs) wasn't out there. But yeah, I think if we were going to take it more seriously, like from the get-go, this would never have happened this way. Like. Stephanie would have
1: had so
0: much healing that needed to happen before Mm -hmm. she could even consider going back to high school and by that point I'm guessing it wouldn't be important to her anymore yeah yeah,
1: but it's okay. Like you said, it's okay. That's important to her. We went along for the ride. So thank you all for coming along for the ride with us as we grappled with this mm-hmm. <laughs> It's this <laughs> very nice light comedy from Netflix. And we hope to do more of this. So if you have comedy shows or movies that you'd like us to cover new or old ones, frankly, um, I would love to do that. So yeah. thank you to all of our listeners. As always, we have lots of other good stuff coming up as we move into the summer. Um, please follow us on all the social medias at PopPsych101, and feel free to read us. Um, read us. No, we don't. We don't write anything. Feel free to follow <laughs> us on social media or or check out um, all the other places where you can find us. As I said, why am I rambling now about all the? <laughs> we've been talking about social media.
0: Endings. All. <laughs> I
1: know. I should just say bye.
0: <laughs> bye.